Welcome into another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCready, Chris Landry with me here today as well. It's December the 22nd. This is our final show before Christmas. We will not have a show later this week. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. If you're traveling, hope you uh, are safe. And I uh, hope you enjoy a, uh, a wonderful holiday with your family and friends. Chris, how are you? Neil, I am doing well. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family and to all of our listeners out there. As you mentioned, um, be a little uh, busy week. Be busy with bowl games this week. Getting to know a lot of folks with family uh, issues. I know that uh, I will be uh, updating a lot of stuff on LandryFootball.com and and doing some other posts and podcast stuff. But you're right. This is uh, we'll do. We'll reconvene next week to talk about uh, a lot of stuff. But anything that happens, fear not. Between now and next. Tuesday, um, check out LandryFootball.com, Rebel Grove, and we'll have all the latest tons to get to today. I know we got the playoff situation. We've got bowl games and certainly uh, the drama at Auburn, at LSU, at Tennessee. A lot to get to, so let's get to it, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to start. Let's start with Auburn because it's it's really interesting. Um, The last time we talked – it was, I guess, Thursday, and there were some different names that were flying around. But it all all signs pointed towards Kevin Steele. And all signs might still point towards Kevin Steele, but it, it's only in a very roundabout way. I'm, um, I'm a little more sourced on this than I even wanted to be, quite frankly, because I had to dig a little bit into the Lane Kiffin to Auburn rumors that, that percolated some on Sunday and to some degree on, on Monday even. Um, I'll first tell you, I, I don't think Lane Kiffin is Auburn's next coach. I don't think that's who Auburn wants, and I don't think it's a job that Lane necessarily wants unless they gave him Nick Saban money and Nick Saban control, which is which is not going to happen, and which leads into where I'm going with this. There's, there's a very clear uh, power struggle that, that's happening at Auburn, and, and the, the, the power people are trying to make this higher now whether it's Billy Napier or Bill Clark or whoever. And part of the deal is you don't get control over your coaching staff necessarily. You, you, you've got to keep Kevin Steele, who's got a $5 million buyout of his own. So again, this is Auburn. They, they're, they're essentially paying out uh, 21 point some odd million dollars for Gus Malzahn. No offset. That money's guaranteed. Um, if you don't keep Kevin Steele, you've got to pay him another $5 million not to coach. Then you've got to pay a buyout on whatever coach you get. There's a lot there. And at this point, it certainly looks like they've been turned down by a lot of people. Steve Sarkeesian was supposed to interview on Sunday. It's my understanding that didn't happen. It's my understanding the job was offered to Billy Napier, who said no. There's a a, a really fascinating rumor that's flying around a little bit right now that involves both Sarkeesian and and Napier. Um, I don't know whether it's true or not, but it's kind of out there floating around. And then the one that that really tells you if it's true, and maybe you can fill me in here, if this one's true, then there's dysfunction, and it we're at the we're at the circus clown portion of the, of the search. If Bill Clark, the UAB coach, who's highly thought of in the business, but doesn't have any real major SEC experience, if if Bill Clark, the UAB coach, was offered the Auburn job, and ultimately turned it down. Something much deeper is going on at Auburn than 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 what we see on the surface. 
Well, I've talked about this and I've gone over it. And, and I, I, for those who didn't listen last week in the two shows, um, what I've said about this whole process has come to bear and that um, we call it in the coaching search business sham interviews. Um, this is, first of all, uh, and it's semantics. Okay, folks, let me explain this. Um, no one turned down no job was offered by Auburn to Billy Napier. I mean, I talked to Billy myself and I talked to Jimmy Sexton, his agent. The The issue is that it never gets to that point. Okay. So the point was, it was pretty obvious in the conversation. This was a sham interview, meaning there's not a real job there that you want. There's conditions associated with it. And it's more than just this assistant, and that assistant, and those things. So it's one of those things where if you're a Billy Napier, you got to pull your name out of it because you can't say, well, he re-upped at Louisiana Lafayette because that happened a week ago or two weeks ago with the South Carolina deal. You know, he was never offered that job either. They wanted Shane Beamer. The, the Auburn situation, as I've explained last week, it's not what people think or understand. It is dysfunction, Neil, and it has been. It's certain people that want their things a certain way. And so they clearly want a certain guy in that position. And they've gotten a whole lot of backlash on having that. It's almost Greg Schiano, Tennessee, like we're not going to stand for you ramrodding your guy there. And so they're having a lot of sham interviews. So when they make a quote unquote conversation, well, Billy Napier's agents, Jimmy Sexton, Steve Sarkeesian's – so Jimmy, no, he doesn't even let Sark even bother dealing with that. He gets a raise and all that. There, there's not a true job there as you would normally think for Auburn. They Napier, are making – yeah. Napier did not used to be represented by Saban. That's a that's like a, about a year old, right? He switched a year ago or so? Sexton, yeah. All the, all the guys that have been around, you know, Saban, they've all kind of gravitated towards Sexton. That's – that's correct. Uh, Bill Clark is not represented by him. It, again, now this is a different situation. Bill Clark, you know, pretty clear in that process. This is not a real job there. So you take your name out. So there's this. The People can take it the way they want. It is not inaccurate to say those guys turned it down. Well, what they did, they didn't turn down an offer. They turned down an opportunity to continue to have conversations because they knew it was real. We call that, and, and it's happened a lot. Unfortunately, in the NFL, you have a lot of that. Well, we got to interview a minority, so let's just interview this guy. And a lot of these guys feel like they're they're just a token interview. And then, but this is what's happening now. And so, you know, it's you want to call it game playing. It's to create a scenario, whatever, that, hey, you know, we talked to all these guys, and I said this last week. Yeah, you're going to hear all those names. That's not new names to hear that Billy Napier and Bill Clark and this and that. Uh, to hear all those names, well, we couldn't get them. We looked at – now, the only thing that I think has really been a big story that's – to me, this stuff has been the same way I've felt it all along. It's not information. It's just – first-hand knowledge of what Auburn does and how they do it is, is there going to be enough of a backlash, Neil, with the you're not going to hire Kevin Steele issue? Because if that is the case, then you got a full-on war because to this point, 
if Bill Clark was truly offered this job, an Auburn job with the Auburn money, with the full control, and we're not going to interfere, Bill Clark's not turning it down. Billy Napier's not turning it down. You freeze is not turning. None of those guys are turning it down. Uh, I, Sark might not want it. Okay. You know, I don't know. They never got to that point. The point is, you know, it's fine and it's fun. And look, every, it's all fair and love and war and coaching searches to poke fun. They're getting turned down left and right. Well, yeah, they are, but not really. Well, They're man, basically it, trying to say, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want, um, we don't want to have a situation where we, they don't want one of those guys to take it. They want the perception that they're doing a search and then they're going to try to ramrod their guy, whether they're going to be able to do it or not. That's what's going to be interesting, Neil, because I felt all along that's their plan. I, I don't know what, how their plans are going to turn out, but I felt all along that's their plan. Nothing surprised me on this. It, it's, I mean, I, I talked about it two times last week. It's not, I'm not forecasting anything. It's just, it's so obvious on how Auburn does things. This is not a surprise. Well, there's a slow drip here, right? Because what you have is is you have a situation where the fans fought back. Social media, people can say correct. People can say what you want about social media, and it's often a terrible thing. But sometimes it does allow the voiceless to have yep. a voice. Um. So it they've they they expressed their they expressed their opinion and they expressed it strong and they did it with the the way to make it trending by putting a hashtag on it and all that stuff stop steal and all that and so what it feels like to me is at this point what the auburn power brokers are doing is if we drag this out long enough and it's an there you go it's Bang. a it's a dead period right now you can't contact recruits kids are already signed you you, you can't sign a, the next kids until uh the first Wednesday in February and the dead period extends through the holiday. So you've got some time. Auburn's got a bowl game uh, down in the at citrus bowl. I can't remember who they play. I don't know that it matters. Um, Auburn's in a bowl game. So Kevin North, Northwestern, but that's okay. Northwestern. Kevin Steele's going to get to coach uh, the, the bowl game. So if you, if you drag it out long enough, fans begin to get desperate enough to go, Hey, uh-huh. you know, Okay, maybe maybe what we need to do is just hire Kevin Steele. Let's just do it because we, we got to have a coach. We got to have a coach. We got to have a coach. And it kind of feels like that's where this is going. You got it, man. Because fans do this thing, and this is not me criticizing fans. I love you guys. But fans do this thing where they go, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a little worried because my coach at School X, he might be the guy that they go after. They might just back up a truck and offer him all the money. Uh-huh. But it's not always just about the money. It's it's uh it, it's listen, here's the things people go, why would Billy Napier, why is he being so, why is Billy Napier being so selective? Okay. Well, let's talk about Billy Napier for a minute. Billy Napier has the preeminent program in the Sun Belt right now. They, uh, they're winning. He's got a good roster. He's got a great reputation. He's not going away. He can bet on himself for another year. He's not having a hard time putting food on the table for his family in Lafayette, Louisiana. He's got time. Billy's got time. So he doesn't have to take a job unless it's the right job. And look, Auburn's a great job, but Auburn's not a great job if the people at Auburn are are controlling you and trying to turn you into a puppet. It's correct. Because at the end of the day, and we talk about this all the time, football is a scoreboard business. And so at the end of the day, when you play Florida or Georgia or Alabama or 
Ole Miss or LSU or whoever you play, Clemson, whoever you play, when your team, in this case Auburn, has fewer points than the other team that you're playing when the clock hits zeros, well, the boosters don't get blamed for that. You do. You're the one that takes the heat. You're the one that that, it, that gets gets the reputation for losing, not the boosters. Jimmy Rain doesn't get a, a, a loss. You do. So that's where this is headed, and and I I just think so. The whole did he turn it down? Did he not turn it down? Like you said, is semantics really? But there's a little bit of a the the way that the deal works is, hey, uh, Jenny passes a note to Jimmy, letting Jimmy know that Sarah would like to be Jimmy's girlfriend, but only on the following conditions. And so you start laying the conditions out, and at some point Jimmy goes, I'm not very comfortable with condition number three there. And 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 Sarah says, well, then I don't, I don't want to be your girlfriend anymore. And so did anybody get turned down? Eh, not really, but kind of, sort of. If Billy Napier, if, if if Auburn wanted Billy Napier, it could get Billy Napier, but it can't. And and and, and so could South Carolina. And so could okay. South. Yeah, but so like I mean, like Blake says, Billy Napier hasn't turned down anybody, folks. Okay, and this is the semantics. South Carolina, and I and I know because I talk with Billy. He wanted the South Carolina job. He was crushed. You may not disagree with South Carolina's selection. I personally think Billy is a little bit more proven than Shane Beamer, but that, that's who South Carolina wanted. But, folks, nobody ever gets turned down for a job, and nobody turns down a job because it doesn't work that way. No, You don't ever offer a job to anybody. There's There have been some snafus there, okay? I, I won't say never. For the most part, you never offer the job to anybody unless you know they're going to take it. And you don't ever, you take your name out of it. And that is a common courtesy, too. You kind of let people take their name out of it. Again, um, Billy Napier. I mean, I talked to Billy the Saturday. He was having the second interview with South Carolina. He immediately re-upped with ULL. Well, if he really wanted to stay with ULL and that's what he wanted to do, he would have done that. Well, he didn't like what they said at Southgate. Well, perhaps. Yeah, you don't like it because this is what they're going to do. I do think Shane Beamer costing less and giving more to the assistants was a factor. But they thought, right or wrong at South Carolina, that Shane Beamer and Billy Napier were close, maybe closer than I think. And Shane was cheaper. And Shane was the guy that a lot of their big booster base wanted. So that's what happened. Not... Billy, would you be our head coach? We're going to offer you this. No, thank you. I'm staying at ULL. It's not the way it happens. It's not the way it happened there. This situation is that uh, never even got to money. This was a sham. Like I said, we call it a sham interview in the business. So it is a, it's a conversation. You can say accurately that you discussed with the guy. That was not, not even close to an offer. To the point where you clearly realize, in 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 Billy's case, I got to take your name out of it. Well, he takes his name out of it because again, he can't announce that he's got a new deal at ULL. He just got one, so I'm taking my name out. Well, you take your name out of it because there's not a real job there that seriously they're offering. None of that took place, and that is the problem there. Everyone wants to make it like, oh, Auburn's getting turned down left and right now. They're getting turned down, as Neil said, for the job that they're offering is not the job. Is Neil hit it on the head? 
It's bingo. I wish more reporters were like that. I I get this call and somebody said, I don't want to call him out because he may be a friend of yours. This is a nationally known reporter. Call him out. I want to hear it. But I don't want to be rude. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. I, I don't I, I mean I, I think that's I don't I don't want to there, there's a guy that that said what what is Auburn? Why don't they just go and hire Lane Kiffin now? These people are clueless. They don't understand. And this is a guy who acknowledges that he's got family that went to Auburn. I'm like, oh my God, how dumb can you be to not realize the job that they are presenting to these candidates is not attractive. So on the outside, everyone thinks, wow, Auburn, great SEC job. And if you're an Auburn fan, you understand how great it is. That's not the job that's being presented. The job of we're going to pay you well. You're going to have control to build your whole system, do what you want. That's not what they're offering. So the job is only as good, folks, with the people that you're with. That's why I always say, oh, um, people will say things like, well, Dabo will never leave Clemson. Um, probably not as long as you know he doesn't get sideways with an administrator and things go bad. The job is only as good as the people that you're around. And on the outside, folks, you don't know all these people behind the scenes. So you see it as, boy, Alabama, Florida, Auburn, Ohio State, these are great jobs. You know why Urban Meyer's not at Ohio State anymore? Well, illness is a big part of it, but he wanted to get out because that went sideways with the whole suspension issue with the president. So boom, done, over. Probably would have stayed another year. Those things are not understood as much. This is it is fine to call out Auburn, but educate yourself on what's going on. Auburn knows what they're doing. You know, it's a what they're doing may be dumb, but they're not flying by the seat of their pants trying to, oh, they didn't have a plan when they fired Gus Malzahn. Yeah, they did. The plan was we're going to fire Gus Malzahn and promote Kevin Steele. Yes. As, as Neil said last week, and Neil was on top of this more than I was. I was aware of it, but I, I'm not into the social media stuff as much. Neil's right. I think maybe the the poster child for it was Tennessee and Greg Schiano. That upheaval has become very, very PR problematic for the Jimmy Reigns of the world. Um, so they gotta they gotta try to sell this. Neil just said it. He went down and said it. What I said kind of last week. We're going through that process to where the Auburn fan is going to get worn down. Well, who we're going to hire? We just got because they don't care if the perception is they've been turned down, the, the people that are making the decision. And by the way, I found out, and I said this too, Alan Green's not going to be at Auburn very long because part of that whole, he is not happy about this. This is on this kind of, as you said, he's the one that's got the stain on him and he don't have a damn thing to do with this. So and yet, to do this. yeah, he's so, he's, so you know, he's decided to do. I'm understanding that if you tie in the whole, uh, what is it called, stop steal or whatever, yeah. he, he had a little bit to push behind the scenes for that. So the bottom line is this is what's being done by the people that are doing the – well, it shouldn't be that powerful. Yeah, you're right. Well, maybe you're right. Well, when you write the checks, that's how it works there. All I've ever tried to do for two, three weeks is explain – Neil knows that he's covered it, but – to the listeners out there, this is what Auburn's doing. 
Yet I keep hearing these folks. Uh, they're getting there. No, no, no. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they, they may be stupid in what they're doing. It may be um, so narcissistic. Look, it is the Jimmy uh, Jerry Jones situation. He'd rather lose if he can't win his way and get the credit. And and this is what's happening. This is the quote unquote owners at Auburn that are at play. In other words, we don't. They don't want the best. They want the best guy they can get and still be in a controlling position because if they can't have their fun and be in it, then they, it's not fun for them and they don't want it. And their money gives them the power. And that is the part of the issue that you don't know. I see, um, I see somebody kind of exposed. Okay. <laughs> who, who was, who was the guy that said it? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, who, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be again, reporters. Just my first yesterday was my first day off. In a long time, I didn't podcast. I, I I probably worked, meaning talk to people about stuff. I probably worked for fifteen minutes yesterday. Maybe it was great. I needed a break. I still need a break. I'm not spending my week on this story. I'm working on there's an there's an old Miss story that I'm working on right now, but um, I, I'm not putting a hell of a lot of work in it either. So, um, you know, I'm I, I'm not I'm not obsessed with. It. I, I I stayed off social media for the most part yesterday. Other than yeah, that. and I don't. I mean, to be honest with you. I'm not, just so people know, I'm not a reporter. I'm not, uh, I, I think it's disrespectful to, to the people that report and certainly like Neil, they do that. I, my situation is a little different. I'm involved in coaching searches. So, you know, I'm not smart enough to know who to trust with secondhand information. I don't. I mean, I have to get it from the person, but also most of it is not, oh, somebody tells me this is that I kind of know what the thinking process is and what makes sense and what doesn't. And I, I can easily sniff out the BS from the, you know, from the reality. So, I mean, I, I mean, I get it. Um, and, you know, as we get into some of this other, so that's kind of, you know, with this, there's just a lot of speculation. And again, I'm not, I don't mean to, demean Auburn and I don't mean to take up for Auburn. I just mean to point out what goes on at Auburn and every place has their politics. But I said this, Neil, didn't we talk about this several weeks ago that, you know, well, really went since we first started this show that there is politics, there's unique politics, there's some weird politics, and then there's Auburn and Auburn is the most unique <laughs> set of circumstance and it's because it's different it's because it's almost incestuous and in in in, in effect that um you got a lot of people that are involved at texas but there are a lot of them so yeah. there are a lot of people that and then that's why they have a hard time getting on the same page and they got too many leaks at auburn when there are leaks when you read about this leaks I sit there and listen to the reporters and I know, well, I know exactly who's feeding that information to them. And so, you know, and I get that they're feeding it. They're trying to paint it because they want to get what they want. And they meaning not Auburn, the booster factions at Auburn. And I do think, and, and, and you you said this before, there's not everybody that thinks that Kevin Steele is it, it, there. Are other boosters there that, that, don't feel that Kevin is the the right guy, 
but there's nobody that they universally agree on. And so, Neil, you hit it when I said that's it. They're going to let this play out. That's why I said, oh, they'll put that committee together and they'll do all these things that will give you the smoke signals and then they can turn around and justify. And maybe, maybe their hope is to wear down the fans that say, stop, steal, stop, steal. Some, maybe some of those will say, we got no other option. What do we do? I mean, we, we, you know what? Kevin still may be a better fit. And I mean, may not, may, you know, may, maybe that's where we ought to go. We couldn't even get Bill Clark. We, well, you could get Bill Clark if you presented the job the right way. You could get a lot of guys, but you can't the way you're doing it. Ding, 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 ding. Wake up, folks. I mean, if it doesn't make sense, then think about it. And again, just trying to give some insight into how some of this politics works when dealing with some of these people. And some of these people are, are a pain. And, and, and look, when you have one guy, that represents a lot of these contacts, all these trickle downs of who's candidates and who's got candidate, Jimmy Sexton, Lane Kiffin, Sark, Napier, you know, Jim, I mean, you just go down the line and down the line, and, you know, there's all these connections. Well, you know, Jimmy, as you said, will use all of this to get more money and get raises for every one of his guys. Jimmy Sexton, who represents Sark, will get him a raise on the staff of a guy, Nick Saban, that Jimmy Saxon represents. That's that stuff works because, you know, you can justify it more then. And so anyway. So if I told you it wasn't Kevin Steele, and for the record, I think at the end of the day, it will be Kevin Steele. But if I told you that it wasn't Kevin Steele, who would you tell me that it was? Hey, I, 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 I have no clue because I have never thought that it was anybody other than Kevin Steele. So. Let's say that it becomes toxic. Let's say there is the they take it the 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 stop steal bandwagon gets Shiano Tennessee like, and they're like storming the planes with their pitchforks, and and I don't know where they go then. I don't know where they go then because again they've exhausted a lot of things. I've said this before. I told you last week if this job was presented right. They could get a Tom Allen. They could get a lot of guys. They're not getting any of those guys in the current situation. So, 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 it, so what has what has to change? Hold on, let me interrupt you because I think there is one person who would take it on the terms that were kind of presented. If you, well, would. I'm sure there's some. I just don't know. I'll, I'll give you one. Okay. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze would absolutely retain Kevin Steele. Uh, you know what? He probably would, and he probably would. He probably, but I don't. I don't get the sense that they're interested in Hugh Freeze in any way, shape, or form. Now, maybe that changes. I, I don't know. I mean, not it, it. It the people that I'm talking about have to change. So I can't tell you that. Um, and you know, the, the who it would be and what you would do. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know at this point, I would say this, that presented correctly with a normal process, which again is anything but normal. I think any of those guys um, would be very interested. Um, yeah. You can win with checking, 
but but the and, and look, I think that Kevin still will win to some degree. Um, look, there are a lot of coaches that went. That is an indication of how good the job is. But if you have a good job, you have a good options, and you are not offered the job. Let me stress that you're not offered the job. It never gets to that point. You talk, and and nothing ever comes to where they're even. You know, it's like you have to get offered the job. You can't take a job that they don't offer. They haven't offered it. It hadn't even come close to offering the job to anybody. That's the point. Yeah. So it has to get to the point where I do agree. I think there are a number of guys, there are a number of assistants that are good. But again, are those are going to be as appealing to that fan base as Kevin Steele at that point? Probably not. There it goes. That's where it is. You know, that's that's the whole point. That's the whole process. That's what I talked about last week. So I don't know. I, I don't have – it's not like, oh, well, this is what we're going to do, Chris. If somebody tells me what they're going to do, I sure as hell ain't going to believe it because nobody's going to tell me that. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, but I think what's going to happen is they're either going to get what they want or it becomes so toxic that they're going to have to go in a different direction. And, Neil, I don't have that answer of who that's going to be. Yeah, I don't either. Um... I think it's going to be Kevin Steele. I, I think that's where they're headed and um, how it gets responded. To, I think I think you're right about Alan Green. He's 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 dead man walking over there because yeah. he's he's pissed off Jimmy. Excuse me, pissed off Jimmy Sexton and Jimmy Sexton's you know it's made him look bad and he's going to be the fall guy on that. People will probably blame him and that's that's not fair. I don't think Alan Green's a good fit there, but this ain't on him. He ain't calling a shot folks. He he's not in any way calling it money talks. That's what's happened here for so long. So let me ask you about a rumor that's flying around in the coaching circles. Okay. The rumor is one of the reasons that Steve Sarkeesian and Billy Napier and others are being incredibly selective. Mario Cristobal got a new deal at Oregon. The rumor is that if Alabama wins the national championship here in a few weeks, that Nick Saban's going to retire. Nick Saban's 69 years old. For the record, I don't believe this rumor, but it's flying around in coaching circles some that this is kind of getting out a little bit and that the Alabama job, which would be the preeminent job in college football today, Nick Saban has quite obviously done an amazing job of building a program, building a roster, building a system, building everything you can build it is it is really the michelangelo of of the history of college football quite frankly i never thought that anybody chris could come to alabama and diminish bear bryant i i didn't think that was humanly possible and yet nick saban has done it um do you put any stock at all into nick saban winning a title and saying hey i've done all that one can do and I'm walking away at the top. Um, look, I mean, I think that it it kind of reminds me, and I know it didn't end well for Joe Paterno. And I remember a story, and I, and I always refer to this. Joe Paterno's hanging it up, man. It's going to be four years. And I had a talk one time with Todd Blackledge. He does TV now, but he was quarterback yeah. at Penn State in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> he said, when he was recruited in the early 80s, they said, uh, 
you don't want to go there because Todd was from Ohio. He says, you don't want to go there. Ohio State and other states said, you don't want to go there. Paternal's not going to be there your four years. <laughs> Paternal was there to where I touch kids, maybe grandkids. I mean, it. Um, look, it's, it's it, you know, hey, it, to sit there and say a 69-year-old coach is going to be coaching at 79, I mean, no one's ever done that. And we don't know what tomorrow brings. And we don't know what tomorrow brings for any of us. But when you're older, I think people understand this, there's more of a chance that stuff can happen. Now, now I've said this before, and I've told people this. I'm a little younger than Nick. I've known him a long time. But, you know, I, I'm not, I don't mean this to poor mouth or anything, but, you know, Nick is healthier than I am. I got a bad heart, had a, had a mechanical valve put in a few years ago. I've had a, a bout with thyroid cancer. I've had issues. I'm not as healthy. I couldn't do some things physically. Nick is a healthier 69 than I am. Uh, that's important. Uh, but we don't know what tomorrow brings in terms of health. I think Nick is so laser focused on his. L- I do think he's going to be miserable if he doesn't find something to do. Now, he can find something to do. And I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if that's a right type of role. Like he could be almost like a Peyton Manning to where he can do his own type of football shows on a, on a platform that he, or if he wants to be part of game day and basically rewrite how he could have the power to do that. I don't know that would appease him short time, long term. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he would be happy or be satisfied. I don't think he would be because we've talked about it. Um, maybe being a role where he's more of an overseer of, of an NFL operation to wear personnel and things. I don't know that'd be quite enough. Um, and, you know, I've put him with Coughlin and some of the Coughlin's role that he did. It just, I, I don't know, you know. Um, so I don't know what else he would do that would satisfy him as much as coaching football. So as long as he's healthy, I think he's staying. I don't think he looks at it as, because if he wins – It'll be seven. He will tie Bear at Alabama, and it will pass him for overall titles more than anybody. Um, I'm not going to sit here and don't let anybody BS you to say that doesn't matter to him. Of course it does. Sure. But it's going to fuel him to say, got it, beat the Bear. See you guys tomorrow. I'm going to the lake with Miss Terry. Boy, that would be like two weeks of golf, and he'd be freaking miserable. So – I think it's done when he can no longer have the stamina to do it. And it's going to happen. It happens to all of us. I mean, I don't know when that's going to be. I would be surprised if he steps away. Are you saying right here on the show, on this show, on the record, that Nick Saban, who has beaten everyone and everything, are you saying that he's not going to ultimately be able to defeat Father Time? I mean, are you are you willing? (laughs) I am. I'm willing to say that, that, that at some point, you know, it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know, folks, if it's one more year, two more years. Five, could Would it come? It, would it shock me if he walked away? Eh, I'd go. I'd go short of saying shock, but sure. but but pretty much almost shocking. Look, I think he's but I think to go beyond the year to year at this point, um, I don't. I, I, beyond that, I think it's difficult to sit there and say five years. Who the hell knows in five years what what he's going to feel like or what's going to happen or anything? You could be perfectly healthy 
and something happens to you and it just changes it. Or I'll say this, I hate to talk like this, but what if something happens to Miss Terry? What if Miss Terry gets, you know, now, you know, God forbid something happens to, to Terry. That's a, you talk about somebody that relies on her for a lot of stuff. I mean, life stuff, Terry handles everything. Now, could they put somebody in that place? Yes. But emotionally, I think that would have a devastating effect on Nick that, um, you know, would, would, would cause his focus level to be, you know, as you might expect, it'd be devastating for him. Um, but, but, you know, I, we, we can't forecast that. I don't, I don't sense or hear or feel anything that if he wins this year, he's stepping aside. I, I haven't heard that. I haven't felt that. I listen, the coaching profession, I think a lot of them would kind of like that, but sure. <laughs> give somebody else a chance. Oh, well, and the people that were telling me this, they 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 first of all said, hey, this is kind of rumor, rumor mill stuff, but they they weren't saying, hey, this is they weren't doing it like, hey, put this out. It was just more like, hey, this is kind of because uh, I was asking, you know, like what's because I was, I was asking around about the all- it makes sense. Yeah, it the- makes sense in a normal standpoint. Hey, step aside, perfect time to do it, right? Well, I mean, obviously, Steve Sarkeesian. If if if, oh, if, yes. if if Steve Sarkeesian is told you can have any job you want, he would say, okay, well, one of the things that I'd want to know first, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian and I've, I've restored my, my image and my reputation, and one of the first things I'd want to know is, okay, well, before I take the Tennessee job, before I take another job, what's going on here? Because this is the best job in the country, and Nick's going to leave that the best job in the country. And whoever gets that job is walking into the best job in the country. Now, the challenge will be on them to keep it as the best job in the country. But the, on day one, he will have the best job in the country. Now, yeah. he'll, he'll have an incredible, incredible and, task in front of him, uh, living up to, to to Nick Saban. But regardless, so that's my point: is that you look around and some people are trying to. I think a little bit, a little bit. Of what's happening, Chris? Is some people are trying to explain and justify what's happening at Auburn by going, well, maybe Sarkeesian didn't want it. Maybe Napier didn't want it because they they're hearing some rumblings about something imminent at Alabama, because obviously if Alabama opened today, if let's just say, and for the record, I don't think either of us really believe this, but let's just say Alabama wins the national championship. And Nick Saban says, mm-hmm. I've done all I can do. And he, he says, I'm going to go do something else, whatever that something else is. Two of the very first names at the top of the Alabama hot board would be Steve Sarkeesian and Billy Napier. Yeah, I don't know how high Billy would be personally on the list. And let me just say this again. Billy hasn't turned down South Carolina or Auburn, and he's not waiting for the LSU job or the Alabama job. I, I think he wants a good SEC job. I think the South Carolina was as close to a dream job for him as possible, and it didn't work out. Um, so I, I, I think that. Sark is going to have a great chance to get that job. Okay. Uh, in, in January or next year or two years, because the offense will be successful. And I'm going to tell you, he will have a better chance because the same thing has been said by other people about Mario Cristobal. Well, Sark is going to have the heads up over uh, a, a, a better chance over Napier or Cristobal because he's there. He's, um, he's, and he's unusual. He's coached some in the NFL and he's been a head coach twice. And look, 
he had personal issues that apparently he's gotten taken care of. And again, that would need to be if, if, if something happens there or whatever, if they feel the pressure of being a head coach at Alabama would lead you to drink, which that job could probably leave a, a sober person to drink. Um, that is something that would be other than that, he would have the best shot. But let me just say this is that that was the same thing for Kirby smart too. That was the Kirby was in great position to get that job. Just Nick just outlived him in that. It's kind of like the Tom Brady and all those backup quarterbacks, you know, they all were going to be the guy to replace Brady, except Brady's still playing at 43, 44, and now 45 in another place. But I think obviously now you're in a better position to replace Nick if you're Sark than you were Kirby because, you know, four years ago, Nick was, you know, further away from stepping down than he is now. We know that Nick is on the back nine of his coaching career at Alabama. I just don't know if it's what hole he's on. But but Sark is in a great position. He is the odds-on favorite to get that job as we speak. And unless something were to change that. And none of those other guys, Kirby's not leaving Georgia to come back. And that's, that's right. you know, obviously um, there would be some people, if he had a lot of success, there'd be some people that would really be pushing for Lane Kiffin. But there's some people that absolutely would not want Lane Kiffin. So that would be interesting. So, uh, but Sark absolutely is the clear front run without, they don't even need to say Sark stay here. This is not one of those Will Muschamp at Texas situations. This is one of those cases where Sark's in good position to get this job. If Nick leaves at a time where, you know, you know, I mean, let's, let's it's get, possible, you know, let's get to some other stories that are, yep, let's, do it. let's do it. We got to kind of, we got to speed up on some of these yep. topics a little bit. Uh, Tennessee, as of this moment, Jeremy Pruitt is still is still the head coach. They've uh, backed out of the bowl game. I'm not going to say that they used COVID as an excuse. I don't know that, but they're not playing in the bowl game. Army is filling in for Tennessee in the uh, in the Liberty Bowl. What do you anticipate happening with Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee? Well, I don't know what's going to come out of this situation. A lot of people have speculated that if something is unearthed, that gives Tennessee the option if they want to, quote unquote, fire him with cause. That's always something that is, I guess, a possibility. I don't think there is anything that's being planned on it. I mean, even the comments publicly, I think were done strategically by Philip Fulmer before the cancellation of the game. And I'm glad that army was able to get in and replace Tennessee, by the way. But I think the, before the cancellation, Phil former said, well, it's a great opportunity to play in a bowl game, get practices to get, you know, I think he stopped short of saying this, but in essence of kind of get a head start to, you know, next year type. I don't think there's any plans to make a move on that. Um, look, if, if you were going to do that, you would be doing that. Uh, you would be hearing it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't now that's provided that nothing is unearthed. If something's unearthed, then they've got justification to dump him and then, Hey, save all that money. So I, I know it's on the fence, but I, I can't answer what happened or didn't happen in the recruiting violations and who was responsible and so on and so forth. So that's how I read that. LSU beats Ole Miss on Saturday. They finished five and five. There's no bowl game because of the NCAA deal, the self-imposed uh, deal that's going on there at LSU. 
Uh, Bo Pelini let go yesterday. Uh, I believe Scott Linehan let go as well. There's There's been more opt-outs. LSU finishes on a winning streak. I think they beat Arkansas, Florida, and Ole Miss to finish the season. That being said, boy, it, it, it still appears to be somewhat chaotic down there. Yeah, look, I mean, I, this is kind of frustrating because I know Ed real well. I know Bo. I, I, I mean, I talk – look, this was just like – and I failed twice here in this because just like when they hired Matt Canada, I mean, you know, the, the personality fit was not going to work, and it didn't. And this whole thing, I mean, I mean, Ed wanted Bo, and I'm like, <laughs> and it was pushed. There was somebody in the administration that had been around Bo and liked Bo. And again, some these people get so clueless. You, you got to understand Bo Pelini and Ed Orgeron, they're a personality clash. Okay, so that was, that was never going to work in my mind. It's more than just that the defense clapped. It's That's why the defense clapped, because you've got an ultra- uh, ego personality that are high strung. Dave Aranda could deal with that, go in, coordinate his defense, and make Ed feel like, you know, well, Bo's going to pardon the pun, Bo up. And this was a disaster waiting to happen. This is not about just, again, the, the fundamental disaster and the collapse of the defense. This is why the defense collapsed. So um, this is a part of it. Look, it's it's one thing to not have a spring. No one did. Uh, to not have all the practices. No one did. Uh, to have an inordinate amount of players leave for the draft. Not many have ever ha- ever had quite to this degree in coaching changes. You got a lot of things to work on. This was not a defense that struggled and with another year fixed. This was a personality flaw and a problem that was going to have a hard time. It would have gotten better next year on the field, but it would have just from a repetition standpoint, but it would have been a personality clash would it that would have just killed this you know eventually. Now um look the the catastrophic you know failure of this defense is, is what got it. That the, the 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 there's justification for a drop. The collapse to be 124 out of 127 on defense to be completely inept to really not get a whole lot better uh, relative only to the teams you're playing. Th- those are things that that were unacceptable. Uh, Bill Johnson is going to retire. Expected D-line coach, not much of a recruiter. He took over, obviously, uh, in, a, in, a, in a spot where they lost a previous defensive line coach, ironically, to a very freak injury prior to the season. Then Billy Bush, the safeties coach, is gone. Corey Raymond's the only defensive guy left there. Um, Scott Lanahan, you're correct, is going to be gone, not going to return. Bo's going to get a um, one lump sum buyout, which is going to be less than the total number. So the total number that you're reading is not accurate because the total number that he was due um, is over time, and he's going to take the one lump sum, and it, it eliminates any offset. He can go and do what he wants to do. So Scott Woodard has put out that Orgeron's going to have to replace Pelini within the budget that includes Pelini's buyout. That's basically a statement that's kind of crying out for some booster help. LSU doesn't have big-time check writers for boosters. They got to, like, raise money, 200 grand here, 200 grand there. Yeah. So I, I don't think that – this is if they if the right guy is there, they'd come up with the money, but it's gonna have to come up with outside resources. And basically he's told Ed, you got one year to fix this. 
Um, and, and meaning, you know, it can't be a disaster situation again. Um, so that's the situation. Uh, I'm going to go into it more detail with a lot more detail than we have time for here on a post. Hopefully I'll get to it today over at LSU. Lots of changes. Um, and, uh, we, we kind of expected it, but the frustrating thing for me is, you know, it was like beating my head against the wall dealing with less Ed listens. Um, but you know, Ed may listen too much actually, but, um, to not get him to understand that Matt Canada and Bo Pelini were, were personality clashes that weren't going to work is, um, uh, it's something I regret. Cause obviously I, you know, I mean, I have no authority, but I mean, you, you would hope that maybe I could convince to a better job. So I, I kind of feel a little personal that that just hadn't worked very well. And the personality fits are a big part, as you know, of coaching staffs. It's oh, a disaster. Sure. Disaster. Uh, the SEC championship game was quite entertaining, Chris. Um, Florida, to its credit, I mean, just just gave Alabama all that Alabama wanted. Florida played as hard as Florida could play. I thought Kyle Trask was really terrific, given all that he was asked to do. Did the game surprise you that it was as competitive as it was? You know, it was. I got to give Florida a lot of credit. I thought the third quarter was outstanding. Um, I thought they would get a really good performance out of Florida. I thought they did some really good things. They found a way to um, um, to make a couple of plays on defense here. There, Auburn, uh, Auburn, uh, Florida is just not very good defensively, and they're limited there. Uh, but offensively, being able to in some cases, I'll pace, you know, to the line of scrimmage, Alabama, get them misaligned. Uh, Alabama does a good job of adjusting, and Alabama did after a quick start. But then, as I always said, um, Dan Mullen may be a little bit quirky, maybe a little bit, you know, from a head coaching standpoint, not as polished. Boy, he's really good at in-game adjustments and did a great job in the third quarter, and they've got talent. The quarterback played well. The tight end is a difference maker and a mass match mate, mismatch nightmare. And they did a phenomenal job. And uh, what I did think would happen, and I mentioned it, um, is that Alabama would be able to win this game with the run game. And and they did. They I thought the the real MVP was the offensive line play tough loss losing Landon Nickerson, uh, but Najee Harris. I, I thought that was the key, being able to kind of Finish the game off. They that that Alabama has the finishers. They've got the ability, the closer. They've got the Mary, Mariano Rivera, you know, ability to do that with the run game more so than than the, a team like Florida. But Florida did what they needed to do to make this a game. They they did a very good job and made this close. I did not think going into the second half this game was going to be close. I thought this would be the separation. And actually, it was a really good third quarter, and in, in Alabama's adjustments and physicality running it was was the difference. Let's talk some bowls real quick in the last few minutes that we have. Uh, no surprise, the the playoff came out exactly like you said it would. Uh, Alabama and Notre Dame in the, uh, I guess the, I guess it's technically the Rose Bowl, but it's in uh, Arlington, Texas. That was that was a decision that was uh, predicated on, on COVID, obviously. Uh, Clemson and Ohio State will play in the other national semifinal. Both of these on New Year's Day. That game will be in New Orleans there at the Superdome. 
And then the other SEC games, SEC bowl games, there's one coming up on Saturday, so we can touch on it because it'll be the last time we visit between now and then. South Carolina and UAB play in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. That game's in Tampa on uh, Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. Central. You can see it on ABC. Before we get into the other ones, that's that's a I don't know how you get South Carolina kids motivated to go play in that game, but I mean they, they can't be. I mean, and in fact, they 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 have to be almost frustrated with it. You're, you're they're going to lose their Christmas being swabbed for for COVID multiple times before they play in a game the day after Christmas in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, and you know, for folks that know, none of these are real bowl games. Basically, what they are is they're road games at a neutral site, so they're road games for both teams. And as Neil said, they're going to be swabbed, and there's none of the typical get-togethers and you know banquets and stuff that you do, parades or whatever the heck. All these things, they just uh, it's going to be in and out there real quick. The only thing you get out of is bowl practices and. South Carolina, it's not a good situation. Good opportunity for UAB. This this will be quite the challenge because I just don't know what South Carolina's got to give. New coach. I do think this. It's an opportunity, and this is what bowl games have become now. Bowl games are no longer the end of the season. Bowl games are the first game of next year, if you look at it, unless you are playing in the playoffs. So it really is a game for the guys that are returning and I think in this case, with a new coaching staff, I think you want to put good film out there. So if you're a young guy that's returning to South Carolina next year, you're not going to transfer, you're not leaving, you're not graduating. It's an opportunity to kind of show how important South Carolina football is to your new staff. Uh, other SEC-affiliated bowl games, December the 30th, um, the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl in Nashville. Uh, it's Iowa versus Missouri. Missouri finished with a thud, uh, getting absolutely stomped at Mississippi State. So they'll have their hands full with Iowa. Uh, I've watched Iowa a good bit this year. Iowa's got a chance to embarrass Missouri, Chris. Uh, the uh, Goodyear Cotton Bowl, this will be a, an interesting game. Oklahoma versus Florida, that's on December the 30th at uh, 7 Central in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. Uh, the New Year's Eve. Uh, Tulsa versus Mississippi State in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl uh, there in Fort Worth, Texas. That's at New Year's Eve at 11 a.m. Also on New Year's Eve, the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. Arkansas goes uh, bowling at 3-7. and seven. They'll play TCU in Houston on uh, New Year's Eve night. And then on New Year's Day, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Cincinnati faces Georgia. That game in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, on ESPN later that day, uh, an hour later, the VRBO uh, Citrus Bowl. I think it's Verbo. I've always said VRBO, but someone tells me it's Verbo. The Verbo Citrus Bowl, it's Northwestern versus Auburn. We referenced that earlier, that game in Orlando. Uh, the same time, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Kentucky and North Carolina State in Jacksonville, that game on ESPN. On January the 2nd, two SEC-affiliated games. Uh, in the Outback Bowl at uh, 11.30 a.m., 12.30 Eastern, it's uh, Ole Miss versus Indiana at uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. And uh, that evening, it's the Capital One Orange Bowl. Uh, Texas A&M gets uh, North Carolina at Miami Gardens, Florida at Hard Rock Stadium. That game on on ESPN. Did any of those stick out to you as, 
as entertaining and which ones of those stick out to you as mismatches? First of all, the folks at Verbal, um, if if you want to sponsor this fine program, I'll learn how to pronounce it correctly. We'll, we'll, we'll get that done. No doubt. But it, um, um, you know, Florida, Oklahoma is really intriguing me. That's a good bowl game. That's two good teams. Um, I was having to prepare virtually. I, I think they're better than Missouri, but they, I, you know, they're going to have a hard time. They've kind of ceased the contacts. I, the, the preparation is going to be tough. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, uh, Georgia, their effort against Cincinnati, and it's going to be, you know, a, a something to prove for Cincinnati is going to mean a lot for them. Um, I am really intrigued by uh, Indiana Ole Miss. It's a good Indiana team. I think they're they're better than Ole Miss. Um, but I don't, you know, the, these bowl games are always intriguing. Boy, don't uh, if you like, we, we break those down on LandryFootball.com. But man, I got to tell you, beware of who's going to be in and and um, how this is going to play out. And man, if if if, if you're so addicted, you got to bet on these. God bless you, because this is this is really really tough. <laughs> Tough one, bowl games to figure out. And a and North Carolina, you know, I'm curious. Um, look, it's one of those things you can be disappointed if you're AM. We hadn't really talked about that. You got to go out and you got to take care of business against North Carolina. Don't don't sit there and, well, we didn't want to be there. Kind of, ex- I mean, that that's become the thing. Well, they didn't want to be there. That's the, let's give the, let's go into the game with the built-in excuse. We didn't want to be, you don't want to be in there, then you get embarrassed. So I, the SEC's matchups are really good. Of course, they always are with all the tight ends. They're in some of the better games. That's why I always remind folks that when they determine the four, some of the other matchups, they're done to lock in the money. Look at the SEC, the New Year's Six games. You got three teams, Georgia, Florida, and m Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. That's the only ones that are making money. Yeah, and I'll give some credit here. I've, we've, we've talked about it all year. It, the SEC, at the end of the day, if all of this holds, will have played 69 of their 71 yep. scheduled games, and they will have fulfilled all but one uh, bowl obligation. You know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Well, that's right, because Vanderbilt just decided not to play. LSU not, not to play, and, and Tennessee, you're right, is the one that was in and now out. Um, and let me say this too about the SEC. Um, there's a lot of this, first of all, there's, there's a lot of, and I know that the, the E&M, you know, Montres, we went through the gauntlet of the SEC. There's, there's four good teams in the SEC. Okay. There's A&M, there's Alabama, of course, there's Florida and Georgia. And you can, to the degree, the other teams are, Above average to average to below average to, you know, some that are really bad. But there's still more of those quote-unquote good teams than there are in other leagues. So they still have more of them. But, boy, I, you know, I love Jimbo. And it is politicking season. But we went through the gauntlet of, Jimbo, you beat you beat a good Florida team and you got blown out by Alabama. And, quite frankly, the resume against Notre Dame Anybody that sits here and argues the resumes, you can make an argument both ways. And sure. I don't think Jimbo, that Jimbo was doing a job campaign. Of course, everyone, every coach is. And and I don't blame him. But people pick up on that. Oh, yeah, can you believe that? 
Yeah, I can believe it. It's, you know, if you look at the resumes, Notre Dame's played as difficult schedule as any, I mean, or as we, whatever, however you want to phrase it, it's been pretty much the same. And I've said it all year long. Now, I would love to see Notre Dame in AM play because I think they're just mirror images of one another. I think Notre Dame is a little bit more talented uh, in certain areas. Um, but I think that they're very, very close. So you can make a case for both. And if look, if you're trying to make a case for AM, you can make it. Trying to make one for Notre Dame, you can make it. If you're me and you don't really care to make a case for either one, you can see that they're flawed. And certainly just like the people that think that the the system is flawed to have Ohio State in, I get it. It's a year where you got two teams that are deserving and you got a four team system. And anytime you have voting process in any way, you're going to be people that are ticked off about what you do, unless it just is a clean four. And, you know, we don't have that. You know, this year, two's fine. That's what it, that's what it is. Uh, we'll wrap it there. Got big um, got Santa Claus coming to town. Is he bringing you? Are you, you on the nice list or the naughty list? Do you, do you oh, know? I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I, I, this time of year, just depending upon uh, <laughs> naughty and nice, the, the coaching search stuff right now keeps me pretty busy and I'd imagine it will. So I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm naughty. Sometimes I'm nice on that. So I, I have to plead uh, uh, ignorance on that. Uh, it's a busy time of year with the end of the NFL season. We're going right into the bowl season, coaching search, just put recruiting to bed. We got to figure out what we're going to do with the offseason and draft preparation. And we've got coaching and GM changes in the NFL that are a plenty. So um, I'm, I, I will uh, maybe we'll try to make a little gumbo and eat a little bit, but I'll be working the whole time. That's that's about it. So I want to wish you and your family. Thank you. Very Merry Christmas. Uh, it's such an honor to work with you a couple of days a week, a reminder, we're only doing it one day this week. Um, but check out, I know Neil's got things covered. I will have a bunch of stuff still on LandryFootball.com. All the bowl previews, including today's that I'm getting ready to get up when we get done. And then all the news and notes around the coaching world, anything changes, we'll have it for you. So check it out. Chris, as always, man, great to be with you. Uh, wish you and yours a, a, a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Thank you guys for, for joining us in the, the uh, comment room, the chat room, really appreciate it, everybody. Great job. You, you're, you're what we're doing it for, you and all the listeners. So thank you, and we appreciate all your support and the contributions. We will be back on Tuesday. That's uh, December the 29th with another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Until then, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family. Stay safe. Take care, and we will talk to you then.